Welcome back to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are going through 2 Kings. And so today we'll be in 2 Kings 2. Uh, This podcast airs every Tuesday, and I guess we can talk a little bit about what we're going to look at today. We can talk a little bit about that. I will go ahead and say at the start of the podcast, if you're tuning in with us, very early on here, and this is some of your first time, we're just walking through very um, methodically, kind of going verse by verse, paragraph by paragraph, uh, if you will, through the through the text that we're in and showing how to get deeper and what the texts actually are talking about in some of their details. And so we have a, and we have a real Christological bent to it. In other words, we're seeing Christ all the time, which is looking for in what way is Jesus found in this passage. So if you're joining us, we're really happy to have you, and we're hoping that you'll find a slightly different take here on some things and uh, things that will be helpful to you. We also have, I also have a couple of books out, which you can find on our website uh, or on Amazon. Um, our website is eatscripture.com, and you can also go to Amazon and look up books by Eric Robinson or find them, like I said, on our website. Jesus in the Shadows would be uh, the introductory work to look for. And that's kind of a good introduction for us. I think yes. we can just run on from here. Um, so we've been going through Kings. We've finished First Kings. We're heading into Second Kings mm-hmm. here. And um, we're going to look at an interesting story today about Elijah being taken up to heaven. Yep. And how that happens and mm-hmm. how he hands off his power mm-hmm. to Elisha. Right. And what what does that have to do with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which oddly enough, it does. Um, and really wonderful story, but yeah, maybe not taken as far as it could be by by a lot of folks. But yeah, well, let's look deeper. It's not at it something because... that I've ever um, in my walk with the Lord. I haven't had a lot of opportunity to look into these kinds of stories mm-hmm. because it just seemed like a history kind of thing mm-hmm. which I see now is totally not the case it's right not just history this is prophecy a very prophetic actually. passage very prophetic passage about what's coming in the future when it was originally written God had in mind for it to be seen as a prophetic passage so that's what we're taking a look at it as but yeah you're right uh, most people don't consider it that way for most of their lives even Christians don't and they uh hopefully finally get a taste of just how much is actually embedded in here. So, are you ready to get started? I am. I think we'll start by just uh, reading maybe all the way from verse 1 through, uh, probably through, why don't we go ahead and go through verse 1 through 8. Okay. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. 
So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at a distance from them, as they, were, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Mm-hmm. A lovely, lovely passage, um, and really starting to get us into some of the meat of what it means for Elijah Elisha to be taking over for Elijah after he uh, is gone, but we're just just kind of entering into mm-hmm. this. So, seeing as it's happening on this final day, is the implication uh, as Elisha is with Elijah, his master, uh, and they're having this long walkabout kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so it starts a little journey. It, yeah, uh, little, I mean, quite, these a, towns quite are a journey for your, for your a last few miles point. apart. Mm-hmm. Yep, probably less than. Did you say? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I, I kind of looked at a map. So. I, it was hard for me to tell, but okay. close to each other. Okay. But still. Still a walk yeah. for that day. Yeah. Um, and so they start at Gilgal, uh, which is interesting. We find that out in verse one. That's interesting because it is a uh, very central place when it comes to Israel's history because this is where they covenanted with the Lord whenever they first came into the new land. When we go back to Joshua 4 and 5, chapters 4 and 5, we would see okay. all that taking place at Gilgal. And that's where the circumcision is taking, recircumcision of the people and the covenant they're making with Yahweh as they enter the new land to be his people and to, you know, expand his kingdom, as it were, into the land of Canaan, uh, all right with Yahweh at the center. So and what does there, Gilgal mean? Uh, it means to roll away. Yeah. It actually means to roll away. Um, so that's where they're going to begin their little journey. So they're beginning their journey at the place, if you could say, where Israel began its Canaan journey together right. as they entered into Canaan. That's where Elijah and Elisha are going to begin. So they mm-hmm. seem they start there. And then they start walking, but... Well, Immediately, I mean, first, Elijah, Elijah says, tells him to stay. Yep, yep. And he's going to do that several times. So, yep. I mean, we can talk about that now. Yeah, later. well, let's go ahead and talk about it now, I think. Yeah, this, so the right as Elijah starts going, he's like, please stay here. The Lord sent me as far as Bethel. But immediately, Elisha says, as the Lord lives and uh, you yourself live, I will not leave you. So, basically, as long as you're alive, I'm not leaving your side. Right. Forget right. that. Which, so they go um, down to Bethel. It's just interesting that he keeps telling him that. And then yeah, Elisha yeah. keeps saying that back to him. Yeah. It feels I'm like almost um, a test of his faith or his persistence yes. in following Elijah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of makes me think of the disciples following yes. Jesus, even when he says this is going to be hard. You're going to have to take up your cross and follow mm-hmm. him now. And Jesus says, you're going to have to follow me. Mm-hmm. even to death whereas Elijah is saying, is saying stay back yeah. and Elisha is proving to be a 
extremely loyal disciple who refuses to stay back. I am with you, period. That's it. So it does, again, makes you, kind of makes you look at Jesus's ministry compared to Elijah's and we can see the progression, the step up the, that's required uh, of Jesus's disciples. So the I think, similarity, but also the contrast. Yes. Yes. So I think making that connection that you're making is really good because I think there's, I think there's, therein may lie our, our big, our best, one of our best connections because we, again, we're going to see everything through Jesus. So we're, because he told us to. So we're going to look at this and go, oh, this has so many Jesus markers right. that we're like questioning, okay, well, what would this mean then? Um, so yeah, I think that you're making a great point. Uh, then they go of all places to Bethel, and we know a place that we know is already. Which means house of God. Yeah, it means house of God, <laughs> but we know it's infected with foreign god worship, and so right. that's a terrible thing right. because of what Jeroboam it's did. Really bad thing. Um, and ever ever since Jeroboam, it's had a golden calf uh, placed there, and so it's a it's a terrible place um, as far as idolatry is concerned, and so they're called there. First, that's where they go first. So they go from Gilgal, where the people entered the land, and then they go to the kind of the center of idolatrous worship in the northern kingdom, which is Bethel. That's the first place they go. Now, he doesn't, we hear no pronouncements or anything that he does when they get there, Elijah. He doesn't seem to do anything. I mean, nothing that we hear about uh, that he does. He just goes there. The sons of the prophets, who were kind of the, you know, students, if you will, of the major prophets, um, pro- major prophetic figures, they are following around, okay. you know, apparently. Those aren't real sons. They're no. prophets no. who are kind of like in a school. Right. Sort of a school of prophets. Leading them. Maybe Elijah would direct them or somebody. It's interesting here, they call him your master. So you kind of wonder if these sons of the prophets are they specifically tied to Elijah and if they why don't why don't they say our master but uh, you know and why aren't they you know they're not so much taking Elisha's lead here that but yet they're curious so I don't know would maybe Elisha have already had his own schools of prophets that's you know that would be very much a question that I don't know if we can answer I mean, who knows what you know we're just not given those yeah. indications a lot of times we're speculating about things that we really have no way of knowing that. Yep. It's just an interesting thought. Yep. But if they are from another school, then that kind of explains why they're not just hanging on like Elijah is. Um, and yet they're curious because Elijah's mm-hmm. such a well-known figure. I mean, he's the kind of guy, you know, but they are, but they also are definitely prophetic. They've right, because the word they know. That, yep. Yeah. that Elijah's going to leave today and they tell it to Elisha and Elisha's like yeah I know now shut up we're not yeah. talking about <laughs> yeah. that which now we have to talk about that because he's going to say that again too right um, before we're done this there. repetition so, is interesting yeah the repetition here is really really very clear uh, and so whenever he said they say to him your master your uh, do you know today the Lord will take away your master master from over you um, he's going to take away Elijah's, uh, you know, Lightheart would talk about him having his head taken away in a sense, okay. your head, your, yeah. you're the one who's over you. The one that um, you have away. Um, been mentored by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And he says, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. 
uh, and now we're we're wondering why the secrecy but and and there's very little to know here to really make this come home um, something we probably need to spend a whole lot more time even um, just listening to God on because I, I find that's the only reason the only way to get through this uh, in any reasonable way is to kind of look when you get to a stumping thing like this what can it be God you just need to go him and keep talking to him about it what I've started wondering though uh, as I've as I've talked to God about it and been over it is is this an allusion to the future messianic secret that we'll see with Jesus right because he's always telling people not to tell right Exactly. He'll tell what's going to happen, but then he'll tell him to shut up about it. He'll tell, he actually tells him, here's what's it's either him curing somebody and then saying, now don't tell anybody I did that. Or it's him actually telling them what's going to happen when they get to Jerusalem and then telling him, now don't tell anybody, mm-hmm. and, you know, until after the resurrection. Yeah. Uh, and so here we've got this keep quiet idea. Is that an allusion to when one like Elijah comes in the future with all his power mm-hmm. will right. there be a, a type of secrecy to it right. will that final you know will his final day of leaving be a bit of a secret mm-hmm. which is exactly what it is yeah you've got to believe by faith it's only by faith ultimately right. that this is something that we can receive mm-hmm. and accept fully um, so I also just when I was reading it felt like maybe I don't know just my initial reading was that Elisha was so intent on following Elijah that day and watching everything he did, mm-hmm. maybe even thinking he was going to fly away to any second, yeah, yeah. that he couldn't take his eyes off of him and that it was just kind of an irritation that these guys were, um, it almost felt a little gossiping, mm-hmm. like, hey, did you know this is about to happen? And, uh. And he's like, yes, I know. Stop talking about it. Um, I think that's a pretty simple reading. And so I think what you're saying holds more, you know, water. But But on the day of, maybe. I mean, maybe that's all. Who knows? I mean, it's just so hard to speculate. I just know if it was me, I would be, I think I would feel that way. I would be like, I have to keep my eyes on him and... Yeah, I know I'm not here long with him, and yes, I know that. So shut up because I'm paying attention to everything right now. Yeah. Um, and so that makes a little bit of sense, just especially for that day. Uh, um, so then, uh, after they've gone to Bethel, then Elijah is called to go to Jericho, and we find, and uh, right away he tells again, tells um, Elisha, "Hey, stay behind." They call to Jericho, but Elisha again says, nope, no way, I'm with you all the time. And so on they go. They go to Jericho. Again, meet sons of the prophets who say the same thing. Elijah, Elisha responds to them the same way. But going to Jericho will be where we focus here for just a second, just to say Jericho, we remember in Ahab's day, got rebuilt. If we were to go back to Second Kings, obviously, or I'm sorry, First Kings, um, then we would find that it was in Ahab's day that Jericho was rebuilt, and it should never have been rebuilt. We know that, um, and that's because it is a symbol. Jericho's symbol, like we've said before when we covered this, of um, God taking away the power of the Canaanites and establishing right. establishing his people. Right. It's a so, big, yeah. Yeah. 
So to rebuild it is a symbol of the fact that Canaanization is once again taking place in mm. the promised land. Mm -hmm. They are re-Canaanizing the land under Ahab, even to the point of rebuilding Jericho, the very right. thing that was a symbol of God taking over the land. They're taking right. away. Um, and so and all that, the things to do. Yes, yes. So so he's gone to Bethel, the heart of idolatrous worship, and then he's gone to Jericho. A symbol of now a symbol of God's recan or the people's recanonizing the land, and uh, especially under Ahab, and and that's when we get to um, the next paragraph, which is where they where they go uh, because Elijah's being called to the Jordan. So when he's called to the Jordan, they go to the Jordan. Uh, same scenario. Same scenario. Tell them to stay there. Yep. And but Elisha instead of it saying way. that these prophets come and ask, you know, well, they're Elisha standing that question, they're standing at a yeah. distance watching. There's, it tells how many, and they're standing at a distance mm. watching. Yep, yep, it does tell us there's 50 of them. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know what that 50 yeah. means, but we saw it in the last chapter three times when we saw 50 mm. men, 50 men, 50 men That's right. um, coming after Elijah. But here we have 50 prophets. And they're coming to watch, sons of the prophets, I should say, and they're coming to watch um, what's it going on. It almost feels to me I, that I maybe this is kind of stretch. So, mm -hmm. Kimmy, we didn't even talk about this at all. Mm -hmm. um, I just, when I hear that they stood at a distance from them mm -hmm. and watched, it just makes me think of the women at the crucifixion who were standing at a distance and watching. Yes. And. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is and this is when he's going to be taken up. Yep. So yep. it feels. Yeah. Oddly. Where are his closest ones to him? Mm -hmm. Where are I mean, Elisha is the only one who's right there. If these really are his sons of the prophets, where are they not up close with Elisha? Why are they standing at a distance? Which does remind us of the women right. at the cross. It may be nothing about that. It just yeah, it may not is be. A but thought that came to my head. Yep. But. Uh, they're going to watch as Elijah's going to take his cloak and hold it up and put it in water. Yeah. There's going to uh, open up and they're going to walk across on dry land, which yes. is big, big significance. Obvious significance. I love right. that. I love when the Bible does this, <laughs> when it goes backwards and forwards. Yes. This, of course, goes is very obviously going backwards to mm -hmm. Moses. Right. Taking the people into clear, the, right? There's no way to read it without getting across the uh, Red, Red Sea, sea. and Reed then sea. the Red Sea, and then, um, of course, then Joseph, uh, Joseph, Joshua takes them across the Jordan mm -hmm. into the land, into the land later. Right. So, and it is the same scenario with mm -hmm. Moses passing off his leadership yes. to Joshua. Yes. There. Yeah, Joshua is becoming the new Moses. Moses has just died, and now right. the people need to know that they're still led by somebody right. who God favors. And so Joshua proves to them through their crossing of the Jordan and what he tells them to do that God is at work in him too. Right. And they go through on dry land. So, yes, it's wonderful. So we have Moses, we have Joshua. This just feels like a Moses moment. This way. The and, first one. Yeah. Because. Because now Elijah does what Moses and Joshua did, so. And because Moses didn't really, he did die on the mountain, mm -hmm. he tells us, but 
nobody ever found his bones. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll let's let's <laughs> save that for just a little bit, but we're gonna definitely talk about that for sure um, because that's coming up. Here, I think I just really want to um, make sure that we're emphasizing what you're saying, which is that this puts Elijah very much in the path of Moses and Joshua. And now, though, the only difference is we're not going toward or even into the promised land. We're coming yes. out of it. Yes, and, which is uh, odd. That is strange. Why are they going are on the other side of the Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Leaving Israel, moving to the outside of the Jordan, into what would be considered more Gentile territory. I mean, I know we have some tribes, half tribes, uh, or uh, yeah, a couple of half tribes um, on the other side and, and group. And, um, and then, but here we but have. But the symbolism, I think, is that they're going outside of the promised Yeah, yeah. And um, and so yes, they're leaving the promised land. That's clearly like they're heading symbol. back to Egypt. Or, or at least out into the wider world, which is what I think maybe more like it. Maybe what we need to take from it is that Israel hasn't turned out to be the promised land it was supposed to be. It's now got foreign. It's now got idolatry mm-hmm. filling it up. Bethel. It's they're re-Canaanizing in Jericho, and then he gets to the Jordan. He separates the waters, and he and his closest disciple are the ones who walk out of Israel territory uh, proper. And almost as if uh, they uh, actually have been in Canaan. Almost as if, uh, well, yeah, have been as if Canaan's a new Egypt, right. almost, and yeah, and they're leaving, and they're leaving. Yes, yeah, okay. correct. Okay, so, so that's what I think may be going on. Um, which is really interesting, again, when you think about the ministry coming in Jesus. That's where that gets particularly interesting, I think. Um, so we have to keep that in mind, too. Jesus' ministry would, would was going to expand outside Israel. Yes. Um, and that's what we see happening. Okay, so let's... Um, We'll keep going a little bit further uh, before we close for today. I think let's also try to see if we can't get in this next bit here, which is verse 9 through 14, I okay. think would be a good place. Okay. That's okay. All right. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you uh, before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water had par- was parted.
to the one side into the other and Elisha walked, went through went over yep okay so <clears throat> they get to this point they've crossed the Jordan now on dry land Elijah asks Elijah or says to him ask Elisha. what it shall Elisha yeah yep Elijah asks or says to Elisha, ask what it should, what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha just wants for there to be a double portion of the same spirit that's on Elijah on him. Right, and just just that. That's all. No big deal. I mean um, Elijah even says this is a this hard, a hard thing. thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You're not asking. And I don't know what simple. that means exactly. I, you know, I, I really think it has, it's very much on a spiritual level. I mean, that would be a very significant thing to ask. That's right. a very weighty thing you're talking about. Elijah. He was being, uh, Elisha. what is that, uh, kind of audacious in asking, mm-hmm. bold yeah. and audacious to, yep. to ask yep. for something like that. I think so. Um, which is what we, you know, are. In kind of instructed to be right. um, by right. Jesus. Jesus says, ask whatever you want. You yeah. know, Father's listening. Um, and so that's what he's asking here um, is for the double portion of the spirit of Elijah. Elijah does incredible things and mm-hmm. Elisha wants twice as much power, spirit power as Elijah has. And he's told by Elisha, if you see me go up, you can count on the fact that you'll have that's uh but if you don't see me then you won't so that's a big thing so somehow elijah has that word given to him which is interesting because if he hadn't followed him if he had done what elijah said and stayed in any of his places he wouldn't have seen it this wouldn't wouldn't have have come out yeah exactly this would not have come about it seems so the point is to follow follow him all the way all the way even to his death which again this is, is another so, allusion yeah. to Jesus. And so looking forward because Jesus also says you're going to do more than. That's exactly where I think this is leading us right. to. John 14, 12. Jesus tells the disciples they will do greater works than he has done. Right. How's anybody going to do greater works than Jesus did? Mm-hmm. It sounds so ridiculous to think. And yet, Elijah, Elisha, Elijah has raised the dead, for goodness sake. Well, Elisha will raise the dead, but greater in the sense of even more, even more works than I've done, greater in number, greater in uh, in probably range of being heard of and thought of right. and, and is, uh, considered, which, uh, did which did happen, and continues to disciples. happen actually to all yep. of us, exactly. but we have to be able to follow him even unto death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, let's say, too, before we go any further, that when he asked for a double portion there, um, it, it literally says uh, double mouthful can be translated mm-hmm. double mouthful, um, which kind of takes us to Luke 11, 11 through 13, where if you ask the Father for anything, you know, who, when he asks for anything, will, you know, will lavishly give him the Holy Spirit. Luke is the one who puts it that way. Um, and so, so he's getting, he's going to get more than even he's asking for. He's not even realizing how much he's going to get. But when he gets, he is going to get a double portion in the sense that we're going to see that Elisha is going to do 14 miracles. We've watched Elijah do seven. Oh, Elijah wow. to this so, point has done seven miracles and by the time Elisha's ministry is over we will have counted 14 yeah 14 recorded uh, miracles probably did more who knows but um, 
but I think the Bible is written, of course, inspired to be that way so that we can see that really is what happened. Yes, I agree and completely. God kept his word. Yep. Um, so that's what all of that is in play here. And then we've got this chariot and horses thing. So if you see me go up, you'll get what you asked for. Then they're walking along and the chariots of fire and horses separated the two of them. Chariots of fire, horses of fire separate them. Elijah goes up by a whirlwind. It does not say that he rode in the fiery chariot up to heaven. He goes up uh, in a tornado, basically, up to heaven. Elijah sees it and cries out, interestingly enough, verse 12, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, and saw him no more. Well, now we're that that would seem like okay he, like he's what pointing out to elijah something that elijah may have missed obviously yeah, not that sounds weird. hey the look the chariots and the horse <laughs> i mean that would be a very weird thing to say to him secondly the thing that argues against that is uh that if we go to chapter 13 verse 14 where elisha is dying we'll see jehoash at his side and jehoash says to Elisha as he's about to die, my father, my father, the chariots of horse will, uh, chariots of, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And so he says the same thing and he says it about Elisha and there's no sign that there's any fiery chariots or anything and there's nothing there that seems to be involved like that. Elisha lays dying on the bed. And so, so now we're wondering, okay, is that actually a way of talking about who Elijah and Elisha came to be known as, those on whom God's presence dwelt and entered into Israel, God traveled with them slash on them, pronounced through them. It was as if they themselves were his chariot and horsemen. They themselves become the chariot and horsemen of Israel on which God rides and proclaims. I love that picture. a beautiful picture and it helps to, to make sense of it because you almost want to say well is that just something they said all the time mm-hmm. somebody died or what right but this right. is the only two times it's only that. two times so, it's only two times yeah. it's related to these two very very strong prophets mm-hmm. um you know so we're gonna we watch both of them raise the dead for goodness sake mm-hmm. something that doesn't happen anywhere else in the old testament so um it's a big right. big deal um and so these chariots of fire and horses of fire we're just separating yeah uh elijah and elisha yeah because uh, elijah was about what's going up. up yep by the world okay. that's what i think yeah yeah that's, that's what, what like. separation is okay. there yeah Oh, we are out of time. We are out of time. Strange, strange. So next time we're going to start with the ending on this um, because there's something to mention in there that we haven't talked about um, as this part ends in chapter 2, verse 12, and 13, 14. And then we'll go on to the rest of the chapter and we'll talk about... More weirdness. More, even more weirdness. <laughs> man, I'll say. Um, so, next great Tuesday. to talk to you next Tuesday. Yep, look forward to that. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Always glad to talk to you guys. Hope you have a great afternoon and stay in the Word.